Thank you so much, Uncle Wesley and uh, the team for leading us in our service. Welcome, everybody, to our family service. You want to give each other a big hand again? Thank you so much. My name is Pastor Chris. It's my great joy to share with you. There is only one rule or one guideline when you're listening to what we call the message or the sermon, and that is to pay attention. And to pay attention at times, sometimes, you know, because the children are young, you may lose focus. Every time we find that the noise level goes up a bit, what do we do? Shh. You want to try that? Every time the noise level goes up, what do we do to pay attention? Shh. And then we listen. Not listen to me, but listen to God speak to us. So, today we're going to talk about treat, um, one main thing, the loss. When Jesus came, Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, used a few terms, a few names to address us. Number one was sinners. Number two was uh, the sick. He says the sick need a doctor. And then today we're going to look at the loss. He's come to seek and to save the loss. And so the first slide comes on, and the first slide tells us that this sermon is going to deal with Jesus and the loss. And then we're going to take a look at the apostles and how did they respond to the loss? And then we're going to ask about us. Us meaning here in Singapore, here in ARPC, Adam Road Presbyterian Church. How do we today, in 2022, reach out to the loss? So let's begin by asking a question, right? Everybody ready for a question? Who do you think is the most well-known figure in the world? And why? The most well-known figure in the world and why? And for them to be well-known, you need to ask another question. Why is this figure, why is this person, right, real or fictional, so well-known? And what have they done for us? So, who do you think is the most well-known figure in the entire world? You want to guess? The well most well-known figure in the entire world, at least in America, is actually Ronald McDonald. Okay? So according to a book by Eric Schlosser, 96%, right, almost 100% of American children can identify Ronald McDonald. If we did a similar survey here in Singapore, what percentage do you think might be true? 100%. That's the honest to goodness answer. 100% of us, right? But guess what? Ronald McDonald is not the most well-known or popular figure to children. There is one more popular, one figure more popular than Ronald McDonald. And who do you think that is? According to this survey, it is drum roll. Everybody do drum roll. Stamp your feet. Who do you think this is? Okay. The most well-known figure around the world today is actually, the next slide, Santa Claus. He slightly beats Ronald McDonald. And you ask yourself, why are these two figures so, so well-known? Well, for Ronald McDonald, it's because of this thing called hamburgers, fast food. And fast food only started in America. Slowly but surely, they produced this in the 1960s, and then it went all around the world. So, who do you think has eaten the most McDonald hamburgers? And how many uh, burgers do you think this person has eaten? The person who holds the world record 
for eating the most McDonald's hamburgers is this man called Donald Goshki. And Donald Goshki has eaten a hamburger every day for the last 50 years. And he intends to eat McDonald's until the end of his life. So he held the record, I think you can go and Google him, he held the record at 32,000 burgers. That's incredible, right? So some of the parents are sitting here thinking, Pastor Chris, you shouldn't be showing this. This man is still alive. He should actually not be alive. He ate so much unhealthy food. And so we ask again, remember the first thing I put up? Who are the most well-known people? And why are they well-known? What is it they have done for us? With Ronald McDonald, not that he's a real person around, it's the fast food. And so a person like Donald Goshki thinks that he's the best thing. And then you ask yourself, what is it that Santa Claus has done for you that he's the most well-known figure around the world? And actually, children, right? Santa Claus is a make-believe figure. If every year you get presents, it's not because Santa Claus bought you presents. Because your parents bought you, par your parents brought you those presents. Is that true? That's absolutely true. When I was growing up in a small town in Malaysia, I was told about Santa Claus. And I was told if you write a letter, last time no handphones, no, no, no gadgets, right? If you write a letter to Santa Claus and address it somewhere to the snowy place, he might reply you. I grew up with that as a young boy in a small town in Malaysia. What does, that have to, what does Santa have to do with you and me? I want to say to you, the most well-known figure should be, tell me, Jesus Christ. And why should Jesus Christ be more well-known than Ronald McDonald and Santa Claus? Because he's a real person, he's the Son of God, and 2,000 years ago, he broke into our human history to do the most loving thing for you and me. And so we're going to pick up the story from what we read earlier. Luke chapter 19. You think you can read this? Luke 19. I'll read the first verse. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Can you read the second verse? All those who can read. Verse 2, number 2. And he, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not see. Why? Because Zacchaeus was small in stature. Your turn, verse 4. So, in this account, when you read the Bible, right, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what we call the four Gospels. And these four Gospels, you must read them at least once a year. Why? Because they keep telling you about the most important person in your life. Then the most important person is Jesus, and Jesus kept meeting new people. And he met this man, Zacchaeus. What do we know about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, right? So if you ask your papa, your mama, you ask your uncle and aunties, we all don't quite like paying tax because we work, we get money, and then we have to pay tax. Pay tax for what? Actually, it's very Christian to do if the government is good because you pay taxes 
So the government can build roads, the government can give you water, the government can give you electricity, the government can build schools and hospitals. That's what taxes are for. But under a bad government, the money doesn't go for the common good. He was the chief tax collector. He was a Jewish person. He collected money from his own people to give to the Romans. What do you call such a person? A traitor. A traitor, right? And so he was seeking to see Jesus. The crowds was large. He was small. And so he climbed up a tree. Now, how many of you know how to climb trees? Hands up. How many of you know how to climb trees? How many of you know how to climb? Full stop. As modern day people, we don't know how to climb trees. So, Auntie Mona is my wife. And Auntie Mona and me grew up, like I said, in a small town in Malaysia. In a small town in Malaysia, in old Singapore, in the 1950s, you, the average young person, would learn to climb trees. And ever so often, when Uncle Chris studied and then got very pressured or got very tired <coughs> or bored from studying, I would go to my cousin's house behind. My house was the shop house. My cousin's house behind had trees. We'll climb up the jumbo tree and sit there and just watch things go by. Have you climbed up a tree? The sycamore tree has very big branches. It's a short tree, but very strong. So he climbed up. And so, who was he? He was a traitor to his own people. He loved money more than his own people. And so he was an outcast, hated. He was so hated by his own people. So that's the main thing you need to know about Zacchaeus, right? And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. He's gone up the tree. Do you know what it's like to come down the tree? Yeah, it's quite high. Maybe it's two meters high. It's three meters high. You could fall. He has to come down. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus, he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Jesus is supposed to be a holy man, right? He's supposed to come from God. He has gone to be the guest in the house of, we said, three words Jesus likes to use of us. Sinners, we are sinners. We are sick, we need a doctor. And thirdly, we are lost. We need someone to find us. Have you ever been lost? That's the important thing. And so what do we learn? Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. Right? Notice the language there, right? In, in the brackets, we put, there's a Greek word, not day, right? And it just means, I must, die, die, I must stay at your house. So now it's holiday, right? Has anybody stayed over at your place? Who has stayed over at your place? Your cousin? Your friends? Have you gone over to stay at other people's place? Your friends? Your cousin? Here is Jesus, and Jesus, a godly man, is going to the house of someone who is really a sinner among his own people. He loves money more than his own people. And Jesus says, I must go to your house. Every other Jewish person will say the opposite. I will not go to your house because you are such a corrupted man, because you are such a selfish man, because you are such a traitor to your own people. But Jesus was always looking for sinners. He was always looking for the sick. He was always looking for the lost, the no-hopers. 
He was always looking for them, for us, to give them a second chance. So the crowds grumbled. They loved Jesus' miracles. They hated Jesus' poor choice of friends. Jesus keeps choosing the wrong friends. Do, do your parents sometimes say this to you? Why are you going to choose that friend? Huh? He's not very good, you know? Why are you going to choose that boy? Huh? He's not very good. Jesus is supposed to be a prophet. He's supposed to come from God. But his choice of friends was always very poor, very bad. He was always hanging around the wrong company. And so the crowds grumble against Jesus. Zacchaeus, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. You, you know, you know what that means here? There is a law for them that if you steal anything, you have to pay back fourfold, four times. That means if you stole one handphone from somebody, you got to go out and buy three more handphones and pay them back if you stole something. Which means Zacchaeus is saying, I stole money from my own people to give them to the Romans who really punish us and colonize us. I restore it fourfold. So this is not a person anybody would love. So Zacchaeus is an example of someone who is a sinner who has been saved by Jesus. He undergoes repentance, there is conversion, and his conversion is, I will pay back, I'll pay back. Everything in my wallet, I will get four wallets. All my credit cards, I will give back. And the sure joy from an outcast, he now becomes the son of Abraham. So nobody, no Jewish person would ever think of Zacchaeus as belonging to Abraham's line, chosen by God, blessed by God. They would think that Zacchaeus is not chosen by God like Abraham was and not blessed by God as Abraham was. And the lesson for us is very important. No matter how badly we sin, no one is too far away from God. No one is too deep in our sin for Jesus to love us, forgive us, and save us. That is why Jesus is more important than who? Jesus is more important than Ronald McDonald. He's more important than Santa Claus. Why? Sinners, the sick and the lost, we must know two things, right? Sinners, the sick and the lost must know two things. The first thing we must know is that we can always approach Jesus. And whenever we approach Jesus, what will you find? you will always find forgiveness. That's what he means. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So I'm going to ask you the question, if you listen carefully just now, shh. Boys and girls, dads and mums, uncles and aunties, who can you always approach? And your answer is, again, who can you always approach? Jesus. And when you approach Jesus, what will you always find? Forgiveness. So we try that again. Who can you always approach? And when you approach Jesus, what will you always find? 
forgiveness and a new beginning and new life. So how far will you go to get rid of the dangers of your life? And how far will you go to grab hold of things that will help you in your life? Right? Lifesavers. So I was catching the MRT, right, the last two days. So how many of you catch the MRT very often with your daddy and mommy? All who take the MRT very often, hands up. All who take the MRT, right? Very used to catching the MRT. So when you go to the MRT station, you have the escalators. And you also have steps. If you had a choice between using the escalator and the steps, which one do you choose? How many of you will choose the escalators? Hands up. These are all the people who need help. I mean counselling. All the people who use the steps, hands up. Okay? So Uncle Chris, right, as we get older, right, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, we must all be healthy, whatever age. True? So anytime you see the steps, it's a good way to exercise, right? So I found this as I was walking at Bonavista. So I took the steps. Then I realised with every step, it had this. With every step, it had what? Okay, here we go. Keep going, you're almost there. Can you see it clearly? Then on the left-hand side, you see small numbers there? The small numbers there? That every step you take, this is how many calories you are losing. Can you see that? Keep going, just put out by the health promotion board. Then I arrive at the top, you made it! <laughs> and you lost three calories. But that's better than not losing anything, right? So how far will you go that day itself? I did 15,000 steps. Simply by doing that and keeping healthy. That's why I can still turn around like this, like this, even though I'm in my 60s. How far will you go to get rid of unhealthy calories that's harmful to your life, harmful to your heart, and might make your daddy, mommy, grandpa and all have heart problems, have cancer in life? if you don't look after yourself? And how far will you go to grab hold of the things that are good for you? Jesus came all the way from heaven to earth. And you will read a passage like this. Philippians chapter 2. Okay, I'm going to read this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You read verse 6. I now I read, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Together, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death and even death on a cross. So how far did Jesus go to save you and me from Satan, to forgive you of sin and to give you a new life? eternal life. And Philippians 2 says, he came from heaven, he took on the form of a man, he took on the form of a servant, he could have come as politician, he could have come as doctor or lawyer, he could have come in any status, but he came in the form of a servant and then he died. If I gave you a choice to choose how you might die, how might you choose? Of course, all of us choose, oh, I pray for my Kong Kong, I pray for my grandma, that they will pass away peacefully in time 
on their beds. But not all of us can choose the way we die. We die differently. Over two years of the pandemic, many of our loved ones passed away in hospital because of, in hospital, and no family or friends could see them. They died alone and lonely. So how did Jesus die? He took on the form of a servant and he died. He died the cruelest death, death on the cross for us. Death on the cross is reserved only for the criminals against Rome. So we ask again, why is Jesus so important to you and me? What has he done for you and me? Why is he more important than Ronald McDonald and Santa Claus and everybody who thinks he's more important? And there's a group going around called BTS, right? And BTS has taken leave. They've taken a holiday. So because BTS is going on holiday, Uncle Chris is also going on holiday on Monday. So why should all these people and groups be more important to you? No one is more important than Jesus. Jesus and the lost, He smashes our prejudice, He crushes our presumption. Two big words, right? Prejudice, presumption, which means that you think you are better than other people. You sit here and you think you're better than your cocoa. You sit here and you think you're better than your titi. You sit here and you think you're better than your meme or your cheche. You think, you sit here, and when daddy and mommy tells you to do something, I don't want, you think you're wiser than daddy or mommy. You sit here, even as parents, and sometimes your children are teaching you lessons, but you're not learning the lessons of patience, the lessons of forgiveness, the lessons of acceptance. And so, Jesus has come to smash our prejudice and crush our presumption. And just now we said, sinners must always know what? They can approach Jesus. And when we approach Jesus, what will we find? Forgiveness and new life. That's what we will always find with Jesus. So what does that mean for you and me? It means this. The apostles, Peter, God gave him a vision. And the vision was, you are to see all these animals and you are to kill them and eat. And the lesson was, for Jewish folk, they considered the Gentile folks unclean because they ate all kinds of unclean animals. But God said to Peter in this vision three times, now after Jesus has come and died as risen, you must now go and share this good news of salvation, not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And the biggest barrier to sharing with the Gentiles is our pride and our prejudice. That's why it's very important that we get rid of all sense of pride is, I think I'm better than you. I think I'm smarter than you. I think Chinese are better than Malays. I think Malays are better than Indians. I think white is better than black. Didn't Auntie Lacey teach us a song? whether you're white or whether you're black or anything in between, which means most of us, between black and white. Well, what do you call this colour? People call us yellow, but do you look yellow? My shirt is yellow, but my skin is not yellow. But God loves all people. Do you think whites are superior to blacks? For many years, and still in countries like America, they still haven't sorted that out yet, that, that the whites are superior to the blacks, right? And so, do you think the blacks are superior to the whites? 
Do you think the yellows are superior to everybody? Do you think the yellows are inferior? And so I've used this. I went to New Zealand many years ago. If you ever go to New Zealand, to the South Island, you must go to a place called Arrow. You know Arrow? Arrow, bow and arrow. The town is called Arrow Town. In the 1800s, in the 1800s, the quickest way to be rich was to find gold. So there was gold rush in Australia, gold rush in America, but not enough people to work in the gold mines, which was very hard work. So what do you think Australia and New Zealand and America and Canada did? They imported a lot of labour. 1800s, 1850, it's about 170 years ago, and many of them came from China. So if you go to Arrowtown, about 4,000 people came, the government gave, right? The immigration pass for them to come. But as they work in Arrowtown, in the gold mines, very, very hard work, they were, they were invited to come, but not welcome. So listen to that carefully. Invited, but not welcome. Invited to come to, as workers, but not welcome as fellow human beings. So where did many of these Chinese men live? They live in places like this. And this is, during, this is during summertime, you don't see the snow. When it snows, there's no heating, right? And so in Arrowtown during the, the gold rush, that's what it is. And this is a quote from the prime minister at that time. There is about as much distinction between a European and a Chinaman as between a Chinaman and a monkey. Premier Richard Seddon. Because some people considered the Chinese men there, about 4,000 of them, who came, saved, but never saved enough. And almost all of them never went back to China, but died living in those little hearts in cold, bitter cold winter, in New Zealand. That's what prejudice does to people. Invited by the government to come as workers, but not welcomed by the people. Do you think Singapore has such emotions, such kind of responses? We have about 700,000 foreign workers. And during COVID-19, right? During COVID-19, by God's grace, we found out that many of them was living in quite difficult circumstances, quite poor, desperate circumstances. So we tried to reach out to them. And by God's grace, we adopted what we call a dormitory. They stay in dormitories away from us, so to stop the spread of things, they couldn't come out. And we adopted them, and then we were given permission by the government to host them to Christmas parties here. So they came, many of them, are from Pakistan, are from Bangladesh, some from Pakistan, some from India. English very poor, maybe they know only 10 words English. We know very few Bangladeshi words, very few Indian words, right? But we try to host them with God's love. And so, we got to know some of these men, and we asked them when they came, uh, their English is not good, so we say, can you draw for us, right, your dreams and hopes for a better life? Then we said, um, maybe draw for us your family, your family, right? And so they drew things like family, right? This was drawn by all the, the workers that we entertained here, that we hosted here. 
that's daddy, that's mummy, and the two children. Yeah? And after the Christmas parties, what did they write? They wrote this. English is poor, so Uncle Chris typed this out. That's what he wrote on the green card, but I typed it out. First, thankful. All I am really, for all of us, I'm really happy the moment. I am happily wish you Merry Christmas. You know how hard it is for someone who doesn't know English, but works as a construction worker, as a labourer, as a shipyard person, so you can have your nice HDB flat, you can have a nice BTO. Who do you think built all these things? It wasn't built, it's not built by Singaporeans. Not a single Singaporean works as labourers building those things. They are built by foreign workers. We are invited them to come. They are given passes to come, but are they welcomed by us? And so, during the pandemic, right, I had different and different stories. And different and different stories, this, this family, they found out that next to their condominium, they were building a dormitory for foreign workers because the foreign workers was going to build a new building. And guess what this papa and mama got their children to do? The dad and mom got their children to make these cards. They wrote these cards for them, and the cards all said, Welcome, God bless you, and stay safe. Some people make cards, some people make cakes, and gave it to these workers, right? And here they are, the two children, with all the cards they made. Don't you think this is a wise way to spend your holiday? That you could look at people, security guards, the cleaners who clean your estate and not look at them with superiority. They are inferior to you. Look at them with pride and prejudice, but see them as people who need to hear Jesus' love. Right? And so, that's what children can do. What if we get older? Who is this? There's a couple standing there, couldn't get their face. His name is Hang Chi and her name is Mary. Right? They've been married a long time. Children, you want to ask your parents? You can ask your daddy and mommy. Daddy and mommy, how long have you been married? Ask them. Ask them. Daddy and mommy, how long have you been married? Okay. And your daddy and mommy may say, five years, ten years, twenty years. Okay, I want you to guess, with Uncle Hang Chi and Auntie Mary, how long do you think they have been married? All those who think they've been married, thirty years. Hands up. Thirty years. Three zero. All those who think they've been married 40 years, hands up. All those who think they've been married more than 40 years, hands up. They've been married 50 years, right? And so we took a photo with them, just Uncle Hang Chi with a bow tie, right? And that's Mr. Song, one of our members here, who helped me start the Golden Group Ministry to the old. And what does Uncle Hang Chi do? Uncle Hang Chi, he, he stood up at his anniversary before we could eat dinner. He gave his testimony that for 62 years of his life, he was a successful businessman, mainly in China, right? He hardly saw his family. His wife looked after his two children. And Uncle Hang Chi, he was rising, succeeding in his work, in his job, right? He had lots of money. Then he became a drinker. He became a gambler. And he did all the things a man shouldn't do away from his wife, away from his children. He stood there at his 50th anniversary saying he was all those things. Then one day, a friend invited him to a church in Shanghai. 
As he went to the church, the American pastor of the international church preached a message, and the message struck Uncle Hangchi's heart. He knew he had lived as a sinner. He was sick in need of a doctor. He was lost in need to be found by a saviour. That moment onwards, he gave his life to Jesus. He came back, he told his wife, Mary, let's throw away all our idols. And from that point onwards, while he was in Shanghai, he met somebody from ARPC there. And that somebody said, if you need a church in Singapore because you don't know anybody, you're a new convert, please try out ARPC. So he came and then he tried us out. He thought, we are not so bad. So he stayed. And from that point onwards, he has joined us. He's working with Uncle uh, Pastor Jeff Quack, and they do the visitation ministry. They started a ministry reaching out to couples attached with the American parachurch. What do you call that? What are we telling you? Who's the most important person in the world? And when you approach Jesus, what will you always find? Forgiveness and a new life. And because of that, we have to do this. So help me, God, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known to my family and my friends. So as we end our time together, before we sing the closing song, how can we practice this more and more? That you yourself want to know Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord, and for your loved ones, for grandpa, grandma, uncle, aunties, your friend in kindergarten, your friend in school, to also know Jesus, can I advise you this? That once a week, either on a Saturday night or a Sunday night, when we have what you have, your family devotions, can you turn it into two S's, Salvation Saturday or Salvation Sunday? On Salvation Saturday or Salvation Sunday, your whole family will give thanks to God for saving you. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you pray to believe in Jesus. Then you pray for your loved ones, grandpa, grandma, uncle, auntie, your teachers, to know Jesus. So make it Salvation Sunday. Children, adults, you know we live in a very privileged country called Singapore. Do you think so? Right now, right, there are wars in many countries in the world. The most famous we know is Ukraine. But Ukraine is not the only war in the world. There are still many civil wars and a lot of suffering. And from Syria to Ukraine, children live like this. This is not a fake photo. I've used it before. Children live like this. Whatever food they can find, this is not for the stray cat, it's not for the stray dog. This is for children every day. They see this. This is not a time for us to get everything we want. Daddy, mummy, I want this. Daddy, mummy, I want that. What is it you don't have in Singapore? What is it you don't have? If you have Jesus, you have everything. Amen? You want to say that after me? I'm going to say this, then you repeat. Huh? If I have Jesus, I have everything. So, Pastor Chris will say, if I have Jesus, then you say, I have everything. Let's try it, right? If I have Jesus, let's try that again. If I have Jesus, if I have Jesus, if the, do you believe that's true? If that is true, the opposite is also true. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. 
You don't have love. You don't have grace. You don't have peace. You don't have purpose to live for. And so, please take note that half the world lives in poverty. And through this pandemic, more and more people are becoming poorer and poorer with inflation and other things. And the richer people like Singaporeans are getting richer and richer. God did not make us rich so that we have more and more things. God made us rich in Jesus so we can share Jesus. So to, make, to know Him and to make Him known. That's why Jesus is more important than Ronald McDonald and more important than Santa Claus. And to do so, every Saturday and Sunday is Salvation Saturday or Sunday. Amen? With that, we're going to stand, pray together, and sing a closing song. Our sins are many, like Uncle Hang Chi shared at his 50th anniversary. My sins are many, but God's mercy is more. God's mercy is more. And all of us, to know Jesus and make Him known is the most important thing. Okay? Auntie Lacey, over to you.